0: Welcome to the Thirsty Mom podcast powered by Thirst. My name is Lori Thompson and in studio, we are in Mill Creek right now, that's my studio, I've got Savannah Tate. Yes, I'm here. Welcome Savannah. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) All right, Savannah, what is your favorite drink here at Thirst?
1: Okay, this is gonna be like really dumb because I'm (laughs) as boring as they come. I just want a Coke Zero, a 44 ounce Coke Zero in the foam cup, that's all I need. That's not dumb. That's I mean, it's refreshing. It just hits the spot. Yeah. I love it. That's yeah. perfect. It's just like my guilty pleasure. It's not really guilty because it's got zero calories, but it's like I feel like I'm like giving in to like a, you know, a guilty pleasure. Nice. Yeah.
0: Nice. I really appreciate you coming in. So I just started hosting and they were like, give me us a couple, you know, a few names of moms that you'd want. You were like the third person. I'm, I'm well, like, I yeah. need Savannah to come in. I would assume I was... Probably a little higher than that, Lori. <laughs> well, <laughs> really, it was my husband was first, even though he's not a mom. He was my very okay. first interview. He, you're like, but you were right there. I were right moms. there. You were right there. Your husband's like right and there. Like, I, I, about I me? I volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> and he does that every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so Savannah, I want to know, I'm just going to kind of jump throughout your life. Tell me the first time or how old you were, where you were when you first met your husband, Steve.
1: OK, I'll give you I'll play it yeah. out right here. <laughs> churchill junior high in salt lake city just walked into volleyball camp in fifth grade i was you know in my nike shorts no they were probably like big dog shorts is what i think they probably were because those were cool um and volleyball camp i walked in there he was across the gym and i heard angel singing i knew and he's old he's my age. He's your age. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought he was
0: older, but he's your yeah. age. So you, fifth grade. Yeah. So how long until he
1: got on board with that? I, or think, did, was I, think, he got... I think he was on board too. Right. Oh, right away. But we didn't talk to each other. He <laughs> didn't speak until ninth grade.
0: Oh my and gosh. And then
1: we didn't start dating actually until our senior year.
0: Oh my goodness. Halfway through. So. But were you guys good friends? Did you hang out? Oh yeah. Okay. Really good friends. Okay. So it's 12th grade. You, you finally dated. Yeah. Why did it take so long?
1: Because he likes to get around. (laughs) He needed to get that out of his system.
0: Oh, gotcha. Gotcha.
1: Like, he was just not not ready, which I don't blame him. I don't want my son to, like...
0: I know, right?
1: So, looking in hindsight, it's like, yeah, I get it. You're in high school, so
0: it's worked out perfectly fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, fast forward a few years. Okay. Maybe a little bit longer than that. You have, I think you had, how many before you had the triplets? You had three, four. So we had
1: three, and we were going for number four, and got triplets.
0: So, um, tell me how that was. Because I've been in the room when the ultrasound, and I'm literally, fingers crossed in my head, please just have one. Please yeah. just be one. Please just be. When they said, oh, there's one. Oh, there's two. Oh, well, there's three.
1: It was, it, they said. So it was at the eight-week mark, and I was really sick, which was unusual for me to be that sick that early. I knew I was pregnant, but I was worried that it was like eptop- eptopic pregnancy, is that what it's called, whatever. I was worried something was wrong. So I went okay. in, Steve was with me, I was getting an ultrasound, and the doctor's like, you really know how to get pregnant.
0: Oh, and I was,
1: like, I was like, are there two? She's like, there are three. So she goes, and she goes through and shows me which one is which, and Steve had a heart attack, pretty much. He had to sit <laughs> down. Like, they brought him water. Oh my it was gosh. It was insane.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And how did you feel?
1: I was terrified, <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, okay, all right. I just, like, already was in planning mode, like, okay, we got to, let's do this. Right. But I need to get, like, Steve comfortable and confident that we can handle it (laughs) but he all he was seeing was dollar signs like oh never sure we're never gonna go anywhere ever again we're (laughs) never you know I just was I just was like okay let's do this I just I just like was the type that was like we're gonna be okay let's just start like coming up with a game plan right now
0: right smart well which is very smart yeah so besides obviously having multiple babies in your belly what Mm -hmm. was the main difference of Having one versus three, like what, what did you do differently?
1: So oddly enough, is this is the weirdest thing, but I gained less weight with triplets. Oh because my gosh. I could not fit food in my body. Oh my gosh. It, I had no room. So I was never hungry and then I would only eat when I needed food. So yeah. it was, it was that, that right there is odd. But I also <laughs> ended up having them at 31 and a half weeks. So... I didn't have a chance to get like really uncomfortable right right so it was actually like one of my favorite i think it was oh my, my favorite pregnancy i'll do enough
0: that's awesome yeah that's awesome so now you have the three babies mm-hmm. how old were they when you realized something was a little different or odd or off with Hayes?
1: well the benefit of having triplets is you're able to compare the three as they're progressing so Hayes was always um, the first in everything so he came home from the hospital first. He was eating food first. He was sitting up first And then all of a sudden I, I noticed that he was Backtracking, you know, he wasn't sitting up as much. He was sleeping more and what he, age is this about? nine months nine months, okay? Um, he was s- Starting to sleep more and he was becoming more agitated when he was awake and that was not like him because he was my most easygoing almost like my hardest working baby. Yeah. And so I knew something was off. And so at the nine month mark, I started proactively taking him to the doctor, taking him to multiple physicians to ask. Because everyone's saying me. nothing's wrong. Yeah, they all, they all assumed he was teething or he's just grumpy. It's just, he's just a grumpy baby. And I'm like, no. Nope. That doesn't so, work for me. Yeah.
0: So what, what was that feeling like for you that so, you knew that mother intuition? I do know. It's,
1: it's weird because you, everyone says, uh, just follow your motherly instincts. And it's like at that moment in time was the time I realized, oh, this is what motherly intuition is. It's knowing that that doctor, although they have a degree yeah. and they see thousands of patients and they, quote unquote, know more than me. They don't. Like at one point, there's something instinct instinctive and intuitive and spiritual, you know more than that doctor at that moment. And I did, I knew something was wrong with Hayes.
0: So how many doctors did you go till till someone finally listened to you? Four. Holy moly.
1: Yeah. And that takes time. And on the fourth, it was the emergency room. We had been to two ERs. We, oh. we went to two ERs total. Second ER finally. And what did the doctor
0: find? Like what did, why, how did he figure out finally?
1: Well. There were, there were doctors telling us, the one doctor in particular, the day before we went to the ER, said, not only is nothing wrong, but you're doing your child a disservice by Googling.
0: Oh, and my gosh. I,
1: so I, I, think, I think it's easy to be like, the easy way out is just to listen to the medical community and go off of what they're telling you. But it's also important to, to fight for your children and to actively like um, listen to your intuition and trust that you, you have some insight into Absolutely. what's going on.
0: Absolutely. So what was Hayes diagnosed with?
1: So, um, it, so this was now the 10-month mark. So it had been a whole month of fighting. We took him up to Primary Children's and um, we we asked them to do a scan because at that point I, I, I was more on the side that he probably had meningitis, that's what I thought um, but they did a CAT scan and they said your baby has a brain tumor and it is uh, we didn't know what kind of cancer it was yet but they had to, they, they said we're scheduling him for surgery right now and hope, our hope is that we get it all out so that's that's where it was at that point. We didn't have a diagnosis. My gosh.
0: So were they able to get the majority out? How would that operation go?
1: Yeah. So that that was like the first good news. We sat waiting for the surgery, and the doctor pulls us into the room after the surgery and says, "I was able to get it all, but um, he's like, he has it. He has some on his spine, and it's like, it's like a pixie. It's like dipping a wet." He's like, I can describe it as like a popsicle stick being dipped in sugar. Yeah. He's like, it, it, when it's wet, it's gonna soak all those sugar crystals. So he's like, that's what's going on with your son's spine. He's like, there's cancer there, but I can't surgically remove that. So now we have to move on to oncology. So we went and start, started treatment a few weeks later. And how long, like what kind of treatment and how long was he in that for? so he he was diagnosed with what's called choroid plexus carcinoma which is a really rare um, brain cancer and there's not a lot of research on it so because it's so rare so i I knew um, we were going off a very limited knowledge on how to treat it but for the most call the (laughs) protocol was six rounds of treatment which uh, a round of treatment entails um, you get seven days straight of he get seven days straight of chemo so we 're staying in the hospital those seven days and then we can't leave the hospital until his counts so his white blood cell counts drop to zero and then get all the way back up to five hundred so oh my gosh twenty eight days and you have
0: day. five other children at home five
1: other children with two infants still at home. it was insanity my gosh yeah so like my husband's sending me video of my babies learning to walk it was just like oh, you know it's just gosh. like things like craziness
0: that is crazy so how long how many treatments did Hayes do
1: so he did six rounds of treatment and then he did what's called a bone marrow transplant where he got his own t-cells I don't know the science but that's what it is yes. he gets his
0: own bone marrow treatment and that may, is that when you guys right after that when you guys went to Disneyland
1: so so What what's kind of crazy about the Disneyland thing is um, before he went into treatment, before we knew he was sick, we had a trip to Disneyland planned and we had to cancel it. So we told the kids, as soon as Hayes is better, we're going to take you all to Disneyland. So as soon as he was done, two months later, we had a trip planned and we went, took the kids to Disneyland. We took a road trip. It was our first road trip. Three car seats in the back. (laughs) three kids in the very back and it was awesome it was it, we were finally free from medicine for a second and how long did that trip last so it was a week-long trip we went to Disneyland and went on the beach and it was like I, I love to describe that trip on the beach it was like everything was like golden like the sun was like shining everything was perfect it was like Hayes Hayes knew something was on the horizon but he gave us that trip Of like, just being with each other and like experiencing what real life is like. Yeah. Um, it was it was great. Well, and I remember because I'm following you and your
0: husband, and just seeing the pictures of him on the swing. Like I can envision that right now, of Hayes on the swing and and at Disneyland. Like it just, it was, me as someone just looking in. Like was so thankful Mm -hmm. that your family had that. Yeah most amazing trip like most amazing time together it was yeah. awesome so what happened shortly after you got back
1: so it actually on the drive home he started throwing up and that's we knew that's not good because that's also another sign of a brain tumor and um yeah the i i got the feeling like i said it's it's odd because i look from a spiritual perspective i felt like hayes new, let's get this trip over with and now it's gonna start kicking in. It's gonna like get ramp it's gonna get ramped up and it did and he he passed away two weeks later or three weeks later, sorry. Three weeks.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. So when I know that you're you're now do the Hayes Foundation. Were you thinking of that? During it, did it come to you after? What part of that? You
1: know what's crazy is the drive down. I told my husband, I was like, I just feel so grateful. I I have so much gratitude because I saw an outpouring of goodness during that time. And from people all over the world. I I remember I had, there was a a mosque that was praying for us in the Middle East. There was like a Jewish, like, community that was praying for us and it just made me realize how much good there is in the world and I feel like the media pumps into us so much that it's the world is bad, that it opened my eyes and I told my husband on the drive down, I was like, I want to start a foundation. I was like, I think we need to give back and I saw it small. I was like, I see us give, let's give care packages to kids and hospitals and you know, send them a toy when they're sick. And so I and I saw it starting then. I saw it starting earlier than then. I knew before then I'm going to go to DC and take on Congress. Like, I, I saw it like that, but I didn't see, foresee what it- How has, huge. How, It was going to be.
0: So I know, again, as someone on the outside looking in, I have no idea about cancer, especially children's cancer. Mm -hmm. And you alone have made so much awareness of the percentages of how how big it is of an issue, and how little time and money is spent actually trying to figure it out and fight against it. It's just, it's mind-boggling.
1: It's, it's incredibly unfortunate and disheartening. And when I realized, when I was fighting for my son, he, the, his, his life, I saw how important his life was and that nothing, it, there's no research. It's just, it's mind blowing. So basically, most people don't realize this, but out of all childhood diseases, cancer is the number one killer of children. And it's the number one killer of children outside of accidents. So, children are dying like at an epidemic um, vantage point from cancer, and people don't realize it. I didn't realize it before my son had cancer. I had no idea. I knew that oh, someone, someone's child of my mom's friend, far, far away, had died of cancer. It, it is massive. It is massive.
0: That's crazy. So, what is? I know the foundation does like you go out and travel and go give things, but you also hold the the big ball. Do you still do that? Because so of COVID, I, I know so that no, things have changed. haven't
1: done that okay. for a year, and we're, we're holding off this year. Okay. Um. Hopefully, we'll bring that back. Okay. Um. But this year. We have actually we have a golf tournament coming up
0: oh very fun we've
1: teamed up with Larkin Mortuary and we're doing a golf tournament on August 25th so that's coming up that's great um, I'm excited to get that swing like the the event ball rolling again because it just feels like we've been in this weird standstill yes. and I'm just waiting for someone to give me the okay like <laughs> yeah let's go again let's go but, again but <laughs> you know we've been giving out checks all year it's How just... many how many children and
0: families have you helped
1: so let's see I would say it's probably 30 families we've given a check to, and it hasn't been in person. It's been a check through the mail, so it's been kind of anticlimactic, so not documented like on social media and not fun stuff, but I've been able to help a lot of families that way, and hundreds, probably over the past 18 months, hundreds of care packages. My gosh. So how
0: can we help? What can we do? Time, money, donation, what are, you, what are you wanting from us? What can we do to help you?
1: Well, I mean, donations are the only way we survive, but I think it's, it's an awareness also. I mean, a lot of people can't afford to donate, so awareness is so important. I mean, there are so many kids that are fighting for this disease that no one's thinking about right now, especially right now, no one's thinking about yes. it.
0: I know COVID's kind of taken over mm-hmm. everything. What is next? What is your the big plans for the Hayes Foundation? Hayes tough foundation
1: I, I I really just foresee continuing fighting and growing, and I feel like there's a momentum behind helping these children and I hope to keep you know I, I, I plan to go give checks again in person. And I don't know if that'll happen, but I hope, I hope I can go make a difference in these families. But regardless, I'm not gonna stop fighting for them because kids are still getting diagnosed until it stops. Until until they figure something out, I'm not gonna stop. Well, we appreciate that. How old are your other triplets? Triplets, thank you. Yes, they're six and they're going into first grade. (laughs) I can't do it, I'm so sad. It's weird because they drive me nuts all day. They're driving me nuts, but <laughs> and I know they're going to be go gone to all day. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Anyway, it's,
0: it's a big change. Yeah, it's a really big change. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being so open and honest on such a hard, sticky subject, and I really appreciate all the, the stuff you said. And Hopefully, we can get more, like, I love how you've gone, you and Steve have gone to the Capitol, and you've gone to Washington, D.C. to fight, so we do need more people like you. So thank you so
1: much. So Savannah, one last question before you leave. What do you thirst for? Um, well, you know, I thirst for the Coke Zero that I love so much. <laughs> That's, that gets me going, but on, obviously, a deeper note than that, I thirst for yeah. compassion and empathy and um, understanding that there's more going on in the world than just our own little bubble. There's a lot of goodness and there's a lot of hurt that's happening out there and there are children that are getting diagnosed every day. And I, I found out about a family the other day of a child that was getting treatment and they found out the child has no more options and they were being sent home. And I was like, wow, someone's world just completely got demolished today. And I was worrying about, okay, what hardwood floors am I putting in my house? Um, there, there's so much more to fight for and so, mu- so, much, so many distractions out there. I think it's important to remember, okay, what am I doing to help the world around me today? And uh, we can all be reminded of those things. And... Um, so I thirst for remembering like that purpose and the goodness.